This is July 21st, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and we are, I think, nine days away. We are very, very close to the Bruins leaving for Toronto, and then simultaneously the Bruins having having an exhibition game two days later, uh, which will be crazy to just have hockey back. I've never been more excited for exhibition games in my life. I mean, this is just going to be, I feel like the game against the Blue Jackets and every other game the NHL has, we're going to treat as if it's a playoff game. We're going to be critiquing everybody. We're going to be tweeting about it. We're going to be writing about it. It's going to be awesome. Um, So I cannot wait for that to come, I believe, next week, uh, which is going to be awesome. Um, And on today's episode, I had on Pete Blackburn of CBS Sports, you know Pete. Uh, We talked about a lot of things. Uh, We talked about, obviously, David Pasternak. uh, Out for most of last week, unfit to participate, came into contact with someone with COVID. He's tested negative. Uh, That was something that we get into a lot. We also get into what life uh, in the bubble will be like, how it compares to the NBA and and what sort of challenges come with it, which should be uh, pretty interesting uh, if these guys can actually stay in there. Uh, we also dove into awards talk. Uh, so Patrice Bergeron actually got nominated for the Selkie after we recorded. So we didn't discuss that. But we did discuss Tuka's case for the Vesna and Bruce Cassidy's somewhat case for the Jack Adams. Uh, there's no chance he wins it, but we talked about it. Um, and we get into why there is no chance he wins it. Uh, in the show, uh, we also talked about sort of uh, what this team is going to do lineup-wise, where guys are going to slot, where guys are going to fit, um, and all that fun stuff. Uh, before I get into the episode, there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive, exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports are slowly making its way back with the UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. Bet Online has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming matches uh, all the time. Need more? Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? Bet Online has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in. The BizNaz, baby. The BizNaz. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. They also have some NHL stuff, and obviously with games coming up in all leagues, uh, they have uh, all that stuff uh, to bet on as well. There's also an interesting bet that I was emailed about from them, um, and it has nothing to do with hockey, but it is a hot topic these days. Uh, and it's at Bet Online. You can go bet on this now. Uh, it's on teams changing their names. So the odds of teams changing their names. Um, so the, the the name of the bet is team to officially change their name next. The Cleveland Indians, uh, one in two odds. Florida State Seminoles, eleven and uh, eleven two odds. Uh, and then on and on. And that's a hot button topic you can bet on right now over at BetOnline.ag. Again, use the promo code CLNS50. Um, and without further ado. Let's talk some Bruins. Let's talk some hockey. Here is my conversation with Pete Blackburn. And we're here with Pete Blackburn. Pete, what is up? What's going on? Long time no talk. I know. And what's best is we were just saying this. We're doing this early in the morning for both of us. We're doing this at 1045 in the morning. This is like, it's like we're doing it at 5 a.m. for most people. 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, this is the first time that I've seen the 10 o'clock hour in probably like, uh, probably like close to a month. Uh, oh, actually, that's not true. I was on vacation, had like a normal schedule, but my work schedule has really thrown me for a loop. And now I'm basically on like a 4 a.m. to 11 a.m. sleep schedule. Yeah. I mean, that's typically, I feel like what's going to happen, especially with the, the NHL playoff format coming up. I feel like for both of us, that's going to be like very, very late nights and waking up at 11 and then games starting at 12. I feel like that's sort of what's going to be life for the next couple months, I would think, especially for you. Yeah, for me, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I I can't complain. I I will be very happy that hockey's back, but I mean, with my, with my schedule and the fact that I'm, I'm also going to be moving like around that, I tried to plan my move around like the fact that there would be no hockey uh, at this time of year. And Ooh. wouldn't you know it, there's hockey because I had to, I had to move during the Stanley Cup final last year. It was, it was so annoying. Are you move? Where are you moving to a new state or are you staying in mass? I'm staying in mass, but I'm, oh, okay. I'm moving to, uh, to another place. Yeah, we won't say where because I don't want people showing don't up. Don't show up at my front door. <laughs> but no, I, I, it is it is crazy. I mean that. I mean, I'm going back to school for senior year, uh, the end of this, the end of August, and there's going to be okay. playoff hockey at that time. There's going to be playoff basketball. There's going to be baseball. I mean, it's going to be so weird um, to handle both of those things, and you have to move in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, just so much stuff. Also, another thing: staying up late. Warzone games. Uh, that has been something, a staple of yours on your Twitter. It's funny. It's funny. We do the podcast today. I'm glad I had the experience I had last night. My friends and I basically play almost every night, at least six or seven games because they're long games and we always get to the final, like, you know, the final five or whatever. And honest to God, Pete, this is so embarrassing. We have not won since like April. It is like, really? We can't finish. We are basically Daniel Pye. We're fast. <laughs> we're good up until the, the front of the net, and we can never finish. And last night, we finally finished. We finally won. And it was, like, actually maybe the greatest feeling of quarantine I've had. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, the Warzone, winning a Warzone game is unlike anything else that I've ever experienced in a video game. Like, it's just the most exhilarating thing and it's such a difficult thing to accomplish so yeah like i've had i've had cold streaks i don't i've never had a cold streak that's like since that's april bad. dude yeah, i, mean, I was, probably stop playing the game uh but i mean to, to win one after a while is like oh a, a huge weight is lifted off your shoulder because like when you lose in that game it's always you're losing in the most frustrating way possible yes so it just builds up and it's very annoying well the tough thing with warzone for those who don't know um, first of all, play it, everybody. But second of mm-hmm. all, it it's people are like, oh, Fortnite or Warzone. And Fortnite games are quicker. I feel like they're way more casual. You can just pick up a few and, and just play them. I mean, they take you know, you can probably play three Fortnite games in the span of one Warzone game, I feel like, mm-hmm. if it's a long Warzone game. But it's kind of like the NHL playoffs, in a sense, where it's like you're going through all of that. You're going through – it's a grind of a game. It's not, you know, super visually pleasing. It's not like Fortnite where it's all these bright colors that seven-year-olds find, like, attractive. It's it's war, man. And you're yeah. going through all of that. You're picking up loot. You know, you have to revive your teammates. you got to buy back your teammates. It, it's this whole big thing. And I feel like it's just one big journey. And I feel like when you finally win – and now we're going to start winning. Now, once we won one, we're yep. going to start rallying them off. But You broke the levy. Yeah, you always post the highlights on Twitter. And you had a great one last night. Uh, a great clutch little finish you had. Uh, so I'll give you credit on that. Okay, so 
Bruins. We can't talk Call of Duty forever, although I think a, a Warzone podcast would would do well with people. Um, big news of the week for the Bruins. They're back in Phase 3. David Pasternak, Andre Kasha, but really we just care about Pasternak, uh, out for pretty much the whole week. Came back for one fun day. Had some great highlights for Twitter. Some some great one-timers. Twitter, you know, basically just orgasmed over <laughs> those one-timers. Nesson had that camera angle from behind the net. Uh, he also had that little dipsy do through the legs. And then Thursday comes out, he's unfit to participate. Uh, what do you make of all this? Well, I mean, I mean, it's it's obviously not great when you have to pull pull the guy after like one day of practice. Uh, but it, I, I I get it. Like, I, they're being very cautious. I'm 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 glad that it sounds like he was negative and um, is everything is somewhat okay at this point. So that's good. At least they're being cautious and they're figuring out that like he had contact tracing and um, had possibly been exposed. And I guess like the silver lining too, is that like, if you're going to get exposed and you're going to have this sort of scare, it's better to happen now as opposed to in the middle of the first round or something like that. Yeah. And I also think what's the, the good of this situation um, and we'll get to the bad in a second. I feel like the good is you're in some ways preparing yourself for that doomsday scenario where he goes down in uh, the, you know, in the postseason or someone else does, you know, you have Bjork and Kuhlman on those top two lines right now, both can play there. I mean, they have in the past, not sure I want them there at the start of the playoffs or at any time in the playoffs, but they can do it. And I think this is kind of practice for that. I also think if there's anyone who would break the bubble and go out and get COVID in the playoffs, it is 130% David Pasternak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 you know, it's funny. I was listening to Felger and Maz this week. I know people think, oh, why would you do that? Well, I do. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were talking about Pasternak and they were saying, you know, he needs to be more disciplined. And he gives off some Tyler Sagan-y vibes. And I feel like this is a little bit different. He does give off those sagan vibes in some sense. But I think in this case, I mean – I don't know where the contact came. Um, we saw the picture of him off at, at an arena, uh, you know, skating yeah. on, I think, Tuesday it was or Monday, um, which, again, not the smartest move in the world. Uh, but I think when you think about it, like, it's sort of looking at how hard this is going to be for the next couple months for these guys. I mean, they have to really seclude themselves. And I'll be honest. I mean, I social distance. I wear a mask. But – there are times when I'm with a ton of people. There are times when, you know, you never know if you're exposed to someone or not. I mean, it, that's life. And I feel like for them, they're held to such a higher standard. And yeah, we're going to see whether yeah. or not that's realistic. Yeah. And I mean, like, he, he has he gives off Tyler Sagan vibes in the sense that, like, he is a 20, what, two-year-old kid who yeah, wants to – he's one to, year older than me. Who, who wants to have fun and, and like – also, he's a kid who is coming from a foreign country where he was just spending like five months or whatever. And it, um, I guarantee it wasn't as bad there as it was here or as it is here. And so like to make that shift and, you know, I think that there's just, you know, there's going to be sort of a acclimation period for some of those guys who are coming over and being like, oh shit, this is the real deal. I have to take this extremely seriously. Especially when like during the course of a regular NHL season, they can do whatever they want. They can have all this fun. They can live the life of like the, a dream 22 year old kid and do whatever the hell they want. Now you can't like, this is just what it is. You have to stay within this bubble. You have to be smart. You have to basically put yourself on lockdown and, uh, if if that's what it was necessary here for for uh, Pasternak to learn that, 
then maybe it's a it's a good thing in the in the long run. But I I can't necessarily blame David Pasternak for uh maybe like I don't know being a 22 year old kid. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that it's it's one of those things that it's such an unrealistic situation. And it's funny yesterday or on Sunday. Uh, or Saturday, Charlie McAvoy said how, you know, this isn't much different from last year uh, with secluding yourself. He's like, you know, I did the same thing during the playoffs. I didn't really go out much. I just kind of sleep, played hockey, practiced, you know, worked out, ate, repeat. And like, well, I Charlie get McAvoy that. Charlie McAvoy seems like an old soul. <laughs> yes, Charlie McAvoy seems like an old dude. I, 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 yeah. I, I'm not surprised that he, I was not surprised when he said that. Um, like he's wifed up. He's, he's got like a girl at home. He's been in a serious relationship. Like he's, he doesn't see, seem to be jumping out off the pages of me as like this wild young yeah. child. No, <laughs> it's, it's, like you're he's right. Been uh, like a, uh, an old man at heart since he entered the league. Yes, he's he's always been very mature and very, mm-hmm. as you said, he's an old soul. I I don't see him going out to the clubs at you know two a.m. after a game on a Saturday night. Right. I just I don't see that. Um, Pasternak, I'm trying to think on the with the young guys on the team. You have Pasternak for sure. DeBrusque is goofy, but I don't know if he's like like a, like a wild like party kind animal. Of yeah, yeah, I don't see him as like a I party mean, animal. I don't know. I don't know. Like, like, it's hard to guess. Sometimes those things surprise you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't see DeBrusque, like, around in pictures around Boston or things like that too much. Yeah, no, I don't either. But it's funny you mentioned McAvoy, the old soul. But I also think that no matter how you cut this, and you can have all the ping pong tables you want, you can have all the common rooms you want with games in them and all that stuff, this sounds miserable. Like, I get, obviously, you're playing hockey and stuff, and that's great. But that that bubble man, that sounds like hell. And I and and what I mean by that is you can you can play Xbox all you want. You can watch all the Netflix shows you want. It gets boring fast. I mean, I I don't know. I think there's gonna be a lot of stories of guys trying to leave. There's gonna be a lot of stories of guys getting antsy. It just does not sound fun to me. Yeah, I mean the N- the NBA has had trouble with its bubble, and uh, that their bubble sounds a lot more interesting than what the NBA, uh, what the NHL is going to offer. Uh, yes, I guess like for the Bruins, the bright side is that you're going to be in Toronto and not Edmonton, I guess. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, does it really matter that much? Because you're going to have this bubble. It's not like you're going to be able to to in- like walk around, enjoy the city, and do all this kind of crap. Uh, you know, but I mean. It is what it is. They know what they signed up for. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, uh, I've been in basically this bubble uh, for the last five months. And all I've done is play video games. And I haven't gotten sick of it. So maybe That's they won't either. Maybe they won't either. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll continue Twitch streaming. No, I agree. I think it's uh, – I think if for, like for, a lot, for like us young guys, like if we were to go live in the bubble, we would just play Xbox all day. We sure. would just – you know, play, watch Netflix, Marsh, but for these older guys, I mean, Marshawn mentioned taking a class, um, mm-hmm. which when in my, you know, when am I getting to the point in my life, maturity wise, when I'm in the middle of a postseason run that I want to take a class credit to him. Good for him. I just could never see myself doing that. And I also never saw him doing that, but I guess now he's taking after this Dan O'Chara model of business um, yeah. and more power to him. I mean, that's, that's pretty wild that he's maybe thinking of taking a class. Um, but for these older guys, I mean, you know, for your Krugs, for your Bergerons, I mean, I don't know. I just like, what are you going to do all day? Read a ton of books? You can't go to those rooms. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like, I I don't know. 
I don't, I would be interested to find out what they will do. And like, I'm sure the league will put in some th- certain things for those older guys who, who aren't necessarily interested in locking themselves up in their room and playing Warzone for like nine hours a day. But, uh, it, you know, I do feel bad for like a lot of them, um, who have to leave their family. And like, I know a lot of the guys around the league, like they plan pregnancies, they plan pregnancies to, so that their wives will have kids when they're not in season. And so, that's really, really unfortunate for not only them where they might have to miss the birth of a child, but also like their, their wives that are going to have to like go through the first couple of months of having a newborn and not having help at home from, from the, the players. Like it's a really difficult situation. And, and um, you know, I, I just think like the family thing is probably what sucks the most for a lot of these guys. Like they'll, they'll find ways to keep themselves busy, but having to stay away from your family is going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, for all that time, and it's funny. Uh, I think it was crew who mentioned like how much his daughter's changed over. I, I forget how old she is, but over just her short life. And then you add on four months to that. Right. She'll change even more. You know, meeting basically a new person when you get home. I mean, Charlie right. McAvoy, we mentioned yesterday on Instagram posted a picture of his new dog. So you know, enjoy that dog for the next two weeks and then you're yeah. off. You're not seeing that thing for another three months. So it's so weird. And like the family aspect of it, that's why like when Steven Camper uh, said he was backing out, you, you can't criticize that. I mean, that's a respectable no. move. I mean, and he did it obviously for the health condition uh, of his wife and daughter. But um, I just think that, you know, you can't blame these guys for, for missing their families or, you know, I think a lot of these knuckle dragging fans are like, Oh my God, you know, these guys, what do they not care about the Stanley cup? And it's like, nah, family does come before that. Um, so I wonder, I also think what's funny is the family can come in the conference final and, and beyond. Like that's when they can like show up. And what's so funny to me is you're going to have these players who are alone for all this time. And then some of these guys can have their wife and, you know, multiple kids showing up and they're going to be living in one hotel room for like, <laughs> almost a month and like you have to think of how crazy that will be i mean if you know if the wife if the honey shows up with you know a baby uh and it's crying all night like you're not getting any sleep i mean just like oh my goodness that's during like the most important stretch run of the playoffs where yes <laughs> they'll they'll show up and then like two days later they'll be like oh my god you need to you need to leave i i gotta play the conference final like i gotta yeah. be in tip-top shape here now i got i gotta I, be able to sleep Right. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it should be an interesting thing, but I mean, in terms of the, uh, like I, my sister had a baby like a year ago and, uh, I was like social distancing and I hadn't seen them for like a couple months. And just like all of a sudden when I did end up seeing my sister and, and my nephew, like my nephew was just walking and all of a sudden out of nowhere and I hadn't seen him in a couple months. And I was like, damn, this really fucking sucks. Like, he's just, I missed that whole whole thing. And like so much can change over the course of like a month or two when you've got a kid that young. So I do feel like really, really bad for some of the, some of the guys who are going to miss that stage of their kids' lives. Yeah. And I mean, it's, they already travel so much during the year, but at least they're coming home after it. I mean, right. even like the, yeah. the longest roads, you know, longest six game road swings are no more than two weeks. This right. is, you know, two, three, four months. Um, and I, I think that's going to provide some really, you know, tough obstacles for these guys. I don't know if they're going to talk about it. I would, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and say, Oh, life's great. You know, this is really fun. Uh, but 
the tr- you know they've said like you know maybe they'll have a common room for the players where they have like board games and ping pong and I just think like that sounds so boring. I mean I don't know. I mean again, it does, but the co- the content that's come out of the NBA bubble is great. Where it's just yes, like the content guys is shotgunning beers and like uh, like outdoor pools, then just like these dudes fishing and playing Uno in the common room and stuff. Like it's very funny. It's very it's very like uh college esque and yes. it's it's funny just to see like millionaire athletes thrown back into that atmosphere where like doesn't matter that you're su- you're super rich or like the the most elite player in the world you're all in the same like crappy commune and that's that's what you have to deal with it's basically like a travel team yeah, yeah, like in North Korea. But it's true. It's like, it's like when you went on hockey tournaments as a kid, like you're just all in a hotel together, you know, mm-hmm. playing mini hockey in the, in the, in the hallway, getting yelled at by security. Like those mm-hmm. are the days, man. And yeah, I wonder, I wonder if they break out the old mini sticks in this, but, uh, no, I, I just think it's, it's very interesting and in, in how it'll all go down. I also think what'll be interesting is, uh, when these guys are together with teammates that are with other teams, they don't like, I mean, you know, when you get the Bruins, some of the lightning in the same room, you get some of the Bruins and the capitals, you get Tom Wilson lurking around. I mean, he's going to be running at, you know, Sidney Crosby. Is he going to be running at, you know, Brad Marshawn? Like what's, what's, is, is Tom Wilson going to be trying to, you know, take guys out at, you know, at the buffet, you know, what, what's the deal with this? So I, I just wonder what happens uh, with that and how that all sort of plays out. Guys hate Tom Wilson, hate him. Um, the same with Marshawn. I mean, Marshawn's kind of cleaned up his act, but, uh, there's still that hate from around the league, I think, uh, right. with him. So it'll be interesting to see how that all goes down. Um, and other news, awards, awards might get handed out to Bruins. We have Tuka Rask with the Vesna. We have Bruce Cassidy with Jack Adams. Um, I'll be upfront and honest. I don't think either win them. And I don't think that's uh, a hot take. No, <laughs> I don't think I don't they either think so win either. them. I think Tuca has has a good shot of winning the Vesna, but uh, ultimately, if I had a pick, I would choose Connor Hellebuck, and yeah. uh, and I think that he would be the more appropriate choice. But I do think that there's a significant chance that uh, that Tuca does sort of steal that one. Well, because a lot of the people voting for it might not know of advanced stats so they just look at save percentage and 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 goals against average you go oh Tuka was basically the best in both Tuka Rask like it's funny when the season was announced that it was officially ended I tweeted stupidly oh Rask will win the Vesna which was dumb because I just kind of forgot about the rest of the league and then I actually went and looked at you know evolving hockey I went and looked at natural stat trick and the numbers for Hellebuck are insane, especially considering the circumstances. I'm a huge circumstance guy when it comes to these awards. Like Taylor Hall winning the MVP a few years ago was 100% right. The guy basically carried his team. Um, and Hellebuck kind of did the same this year. I mean, Hellebuck, I think you wrote this, had a, has a chance at MVP. Like he yeah. should, in theory. I mean, Hellebuck was that good. That Jets team should have been terrible. Um, and that mm-hmm. defensive core, they lost everybody that last offseason. Um, and by every stretch of the imagination should have been Certainly not one of the original playoff teams um, if the season had ended normally. Um, and they were, I think. They were a wild card team. They were right on the bubble, I believe. Um, and so, yeah, I think they finished as like the, the eighth. They were either the eighth or ninth seed. Um, so it, it was right. They were right there. And, I mean, they were trending in the wrong direction. But, uh, I mean, the fact that they were even in the conversation with the, the like league's worst defense and how many – uh, high danger opportunities they were giving up. Like they, they just hung that guy out to dry all season long. And he put up unbelievable numbers. 
So yeah. I, I mean, I, I said that he should be in the MVP conversation, especially like if you're going to look at a guy like Artemi Panarin, where like you're taking him out of the conversation if, if, uh, if the Rangers don't get in the playoffs and now you're putting him back in the conversation because the, the field is expanded. You have to do the same for Connor Hallibuck. Oh yeah. And I think the thing with Hallibuck is just like how good he was with the defense in front of him. I mean, as you said, that was the big thing. I mean, the high mm-hmm. danger chances, all that stuff. Um, and Rask, Rask was great. I mean, Rask was awesome throughout the whole year. I mean, no one's, it's not the, the case here, but he has a right, great defense in front be- of him. And I'm not going to be mad if Tuka Rask wins Vezina because like it's another uh, feather in the cap for me defending Tuka Rask and, and like I need all those feathers that I can get because I love to shove it down the idiot's throats here in Boston who for some reason do not like the guy. But like, uh, like I'll be very happy if Tuka wins, but I think that Connor Hellebuck deserves it a little bit more. It's so funny with the Rask thing. And I, I've come down to this. The only thing that's going to shut people up obviously is a cup that mm. will hopefully shut them up. Um, but I think what does it, and this, this, I don't know where this comes from, but it's like, they don't, these, these, a lot of these people who hate Rask don't quite understand goaltending. No, definitely not. (laughs) So the reason, like they go, oh, Tuka doesn't look like he works as hard. You know, do you see that some of the big saves Tim Thomas made? And it's so simple. Rask is 99.9% always in position for every shot. Tim Thomas was not. Tim Thomas, slow they're on the net, which is fine. They're just two very different goalies. I think if Tim I mean, you Thomas, make the, you, you make the saves, it doesn't matter what it looks like, and yeah, but like you will make crazier saves if you are more consistently out of position. That's Correct. why, like, like you look at Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick made all these unbelievable saves because one, he's an insanely freakishly athletic goalie who could do that stuff, and two, he was out of position a lot. And yes. like he would make these insane saves, but it was because he was out of position and you see it with like a guy like quick where that's not sustainable or as sustainable as a guy like Tuka Rask one, because like you, you're going to get bit because you're just not gonna be able to get to certain pucks and, and get lucky sometimes. And two, when you lose the athleticism, your numbers are going to go down because you're just not going to get places quicker and you're not going to be able to make those saves that you once could. So uh, we've seen Jonathan Quick fa- kind of fall off a cliff, and we saw the same thing with with Tim Thomas a little bit. Um, you know, obviously he had some other circumstances that were uh, in play there, but yeah, I mean, Tuukka Rask is one of those goalies where he's always in position, and that means that he could be good and could stick around for quite some time. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned the Tim Thomas at the end. That was when he uh slashed Carl Soderberg in the face when he was mm-hmm. on uh the Panthers uh when he returned to the Garden. But you're right. And what's funny with Thomas was it came at the end of his career, his prime. Like that incredible stretch of five years came at the very it came at the you know as an older guy. Um, and with Rask, as you said, like always in position, just very composed and people for some reason for a lot of people that doesn't attract them because they're not making those highlight reel saves oh my god he didn't dive across the crease well because Rask doesn't have to dive across the crease he's just already there and that's why a lot of the big saves he made like during the postseason last year i'd be like you know those are big saves but he doesn't make it look like a big save should i tweet this and then i'm like yeah that was a big fucking save like mm-hmm. it's just he makes it look easy and i think people kind of get uh and he's also relaxed and he's not, you know, this high strung guy with the media. He's not really that weird for a goalie. Um, so I think people that turns them up. So then the Jack Adams, you have Bruce Cassidy 
uh, Tortorella and Elaine Vigneault with the Flyers. Those are the three, correct? Yes. And for me, it's got to be Torts. I think it has to be Torts. Uh, with that Blue Jackets team, that team was not supposed to be as good. They lost like everybody. Um, they had a lot of injuries during the year. For me, in my opinion, I think it would be John Tortorella. Yeah, I would, I put the same, same thing. And, and, you know, I, I think that Bruce Cassidy stands absolutely no chance of winning this award. And I agree. Uh, and, uh, you know, just, and not just, not because like he doesn't necessarily deserve it, but like just given voter tendencies, it's, it's like the most surprising team award basically is, is what that Jack Adams has become. It's just like a team that you didn't think was going to be good. And then suddenly they're good. And yes. so. Like the, the, the Blue Jackets are, are really in there. Cause who won it last year? Was it Barry Trotz who won it last year? Uh, was it? I, I'll look this up. I think it was. I think it was Barry Trotz. Uh, that was, that would have been my, my guess. Um, but I mean, I would, I would think that would be him, but he, he also could have maybe won it the year before. I mean, there were a number of guys last year that could have won it, but I thought that it was Barry Trotz. Uh, Trotz was last year. Gerard yeah. Gallant was 2018. Okay. Uh, cause I remember Cassidy was up for it, I think in 2018 as well. Um, and Gerard Gallant won it, obviously the, the Golden Knights. Um, yeah. so yeah, yeah so, I mean, yeah. So like Barry Trotz won it last year and, and I thought that was the right choice, but like also John Cooper didn't get enough real consideration last year. Like he, he coached a, a lightning team to a, a historic regular season. And yes, they had a lot of talent. Uh, and yes, like that wasn't necessarily super surprising, but like that lightning team was an all time team and yeah. he helped to get the most out of that team. And he did a great job coaching them up until the playoffs, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, uh, like he just didn't get a ton of consideration because they were supposed to be good. And that's just not what the award is anymore. So, uh, I think that Bruce Cassidy stands absolutely no chance because the Bruins were, are not nearly as good as the lightning were last year. And like they made it to the Stanley cup final. People expected them to be good. Um, so I think it's, it's for sure going to be torts or, uh, AV, but I, I think that like it's again, it, the, the flyers were a little less surprising than the blue jackets were. Also, what's crazy about torts is the way this year was for coaches with Babcock getting fired. There was this outcry against coaches who were tough, screaming. He stood through all of it. He, mm-hmm. he, cause he's never, he's never abused players. I mean, I remember there's a story done in the athletic where like they asked him, like, do you think that you'll be kind of swept up in this? And he's like, no, cause I don't abuse my players. I don't do that stuff. And he doesn't. I mean, he, he, if you go back and look at all the audio of him, all the stuff, he's always defending his guys. Like that's his big thing. He always defends his players. Like when he was coaching the Canucks and he went across the, uh, when he went, uh, and basically tried to get into the locker room to fight, um, to fight the flames, you know, this is a guy who defends his team so much. And it's so funny that instead of being swept up in all that, he'll probably be the Jack Adams winner from that year. Um, and I just find that very interesting. A nice little, uh, Nice little juxtaposition for him. Yeah, it is a little crazy that, like, uh, uh, like with all like the reckoning going on, that John Tortorella, like, he's safe. Like that guy, yeah. for uh, all the outward appearances, he's he's hasn't had his his problematic issues. Which is crazy because, like, you know, he's the same guy who comes out, you know, yells at people in the media. You know, he talk. I remember in the 2013 playoffs against the Bruins when he was coaching the Rangers. Was it Carl Hagelin? I think it was Carl Hagelin. He came out and he was like, I want to put on the power play, but he stinks. He stinks. He stinks on the power play. And I remember being like, Oh my God. But yeah, I mean, 
and I'm there was like was... The, the like the he said I don't know what the when that came out, but like he was like if if anybody kneels on my team, like they're gonna get benched for the rest of the thing. And then like uh, like a month or two ago, he came out and was like oh, I was, I was wrong, like I I took the wrong stance there. It was like, huh. This guy has like a little bit more to him than I think a lot of people are giving him credit for. Yeah, and I, I you know, now he's sort of safe. I think he's changed his uh, uh, opinion on that, so to speak. But right, that's what um, I mean. Like a month or two ago, like he he sort of like took a step back and reevaluated his stance on it, which I was like, I was impressed with. I was like, wow, John Tortorella, like not not problematic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I can't. I can't see Babcock letting uh, letting players kneel. Um, and there were so many others. I mean, there was that coach in Calgary who was who, who Peters, basically, yeah. yeah, you know, told his called his player a racial slur. I mean, there was so much, and Tortorella just kind of stayed right through it. And 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 more power to him if it, you know if there's nothing against him. I mean, good for him. Uh, and I got the guy's an absolute content machine. So uh, we in the media will always love John Tortorella. Uh, I think it was last year Scott McLaughlin would always sit in on Torts' pressers after the when they played the Bruins and uh, he asked a question, I forget what it was, but Torts just like, was like, just didn't give him the time. Just basically ripped mm-hmm. him apart. I don't remember what it was, but it was, uh, it was quite funny. Um, before you go, Pete, is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, I guess the, uh, the CBS daily morning newsletter. Um, if you go to, if you search, uh, CBS sports HQ daily, that's my morning newsletter. A lot has gone into it over the past like five, six, seven months. And it's an easy way to, to catch up on sports when you wake up in the morning. We have a lot of fun with it. Um, just cover the top, top stories of the day in a pretty lighthearted fashion whenever possible. And then like you can listen to brunch. You can watch me um, play, play Warzone on Twitch. Do anything you know you want to do. Support me in my endeavors. And, and you know what's great for us with like, you know, gifting Twitter accounts? It's going to mm-hmm. be back. It's going to be back, which is – which is very fun, uh, which is a very fun prospect. Are you, st- you are not starting a hockey podcast, correct? I remember you were thinking of it and then yeah, I remember you tweeted out, I'm just going to go on other people's podcasts. I'm not doing my own. I, uh, I was going to and, uh, I was in the process of putting something together on Twitch, actually. I was going to do like a Twitch hockey show, which I thought would have been fun. Uh, but it's not going to work with like my work schedule and, I have like another work project that's, that's being developed right now. And so we'll see. Uh, it's just, it's, it, I wouldn't have been able to add another thing to my plate. Yeah. I feel that. But yeah. So, so yeah. I'll just come on your podcast. <laughs> there we go. Just come on this. Come on other people's yeah. podcasts. Uh, but great. Pete, again, thank you so much for joining uh, for seeing on us media. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Brewers be listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Yeah.